title of my sermon, Meek but not weak. Will you say it with me? Meek but not weak. Okay, two, three, go. Meek but not right. weak. Okay, so well. often time when we talk about meekness, we talk about we we people thought it is about being weak, but it is not being weak, but being meek. Let me start with a story, my own personal story. When I was growing up, I was still in this primary school. My statue, my body was not big compared to many of my friends. They were not very bright, most of them. So they will stay in the same class for probably a year or two or three. And then so my friends in my class, many of them are very big built. Their body were quite big. But in particular, there was this one kid, my friend, my classmate, who was small, even smaller than me. But he was from a particular tribe in Indonesia in which that people would not dare to touch them. They were, they were known as people who are violent. They were people who are known that uh, will, will do anything to, to get you. Uh, even if they go into your house in the middle of the night and then stealing your things, if the people in the house know that these are the people that come, from, come into the house, they will just pretend that they are sleeping, let them take whatever they want to take. So this particular kid, my classmate, who is smaller than me, but from a particular tribe in Indonesia, who is very fierce, he was very mean to me. He was like a bully to me. Right, but his body was smaller than me, but he was like a bully because of he, you know, people known this, this kind of people, so we don't want to you know, mess with them, so I just you know, keep quiet and let him have his way. But in this particular day, I remember I was just a primary four. In the middle of the class, I went up to the toilet. I want to use the toilet, so I went up for my class. There you are, this small kid was on my way for me to go to the toilet and he was determined to stop me there. See, when people are desperate to go to the toilet, they will do anything. <laughs> and in that particular day, it, does, it seems to be all the fear was gone. So, I make a decision to run as fast as possible, not run away, run towards this small kid. Then I jump as high as possible. Then I kick this guy and he fell to the ground. And you know what happened? He did not retaliate. And from that day on, he never ever dared to, miss, to mess with me again. It happened to be, I did the right thing at the right time, at the right way, at the right persons, I come up with a good result. When Jesus talked about being meek, he was not talking about being weak. The Bible is so clear that when you get angry, it doesn't mean that you have sinned. 
But it's the way we express our emotions, the way we express ourselves, it matters to God. Jesus said, this is what Jesus says in the book of Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. He said, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. When he said, the meek will inherit the earth, Jesus was not talking about the early earth itself. Jesus was talking about everything that God has planned for his people. The good plan that God has for, for his people, all the blessings, all the things that God has planned for his people will be fulfilled, accomplished by people who, have, who are meek in their lives, in the attitudes of their hearts. Let me just quickly read to you what does it mean being meek and inherit the earth. It means that when you inherit the earth, is that you get the portions, the blessing that God has planned for you in this world. The theme of our church this year is destiny. It means that if you want to reach the destiny that God has for you on this earth, the good plan that he has for you will become yours if you have the attitude of the heart being meek. Psalms 27 verse 13 said, Yes, I am confident that I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. It is true when you and me, when we have believed in Jesus, that our destiny, our eternal destiny, is the kingdom of God, is the heaven. But for you and me, on this earth, it is very important also that we will see the goodness of God, everything that God has planned for us. So being a Christian is not just about future eternity, but being a Christian is very important for us also to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. It means that while we are living on this earth, it matters to God how we live and how our life is. The earth the Greek word being used is Gaia. You know, most of you will have known this word in, in, in Singapore, you know, save Gaia, you know, save the earth. Well, Gaia is a great word, and, uh, uh, and this word is, it means that the earth that we are living in, our global world. But in the, uh, in the Greek Bible, so you have to, to, to understand that the, uh, the Bible in the Old Testament is written in Hebrew. So for this Hebrew Bible, for other people to understand, they translate it into Greek. And then this Bible is called Septuagint. All right? Let me just uh, give it to you. The Greek word for, uh, but in Septuagint, the word Gaia is used in the Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. So the Greek Bible of the Old Testament in the Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. You following me? Okay, the Greek word, okay. Uh, is used, is this Greek word being used it is translated dust from the ground. It referred to Adam and Eve when God created them and gave them the bodies is the dust from the ground. It talks about our bodies. The meek, the one who submit to God, 
has the power to manage, to subdue, to control the body. So we were not fulfilling the desires of our earthly body at all the time, but we will fulfill the desires and the purpose of God in our life. But if you are meek, Jesus said, you will inherit the earth. You will be able to control your body. Okay? Let me just go back to what does it mean being meek by Jesus. Number one, being meek is not being weak. Being meek by Jesus is that he said that we were able to put our freedom under discipline. Everybody said with me, freedom under discipline. Two, three, go. Freedom under discipline. One more time, two, three, go. Freedom under discipline. What does it mean? It means that when you believe in Jesus, when you have accepted Jesus and Lord and Savior, the Bible said that you have been set free. You have been set free from sin. In the book of Romans chapter 12, uh, chapter 6, verse 12 to 13, it said, Therefore do not let, let sin ring in your mortal body, so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to Him as an instrument of righteousness. People who have believed in Christ, people who are meek in the eyes of God, are people who place their freedom under discipline of God's word and to live according to God's righteousness. The Bible talks about people who have believed in Jesus. In the book of Romans chapter 7, uh, uh, Romans 6, 17, it said, But thanks, to be to God, uh, thanks be to God, though you used to be slave to sin, you have come to obey from the heart the pattern of the teaching that now claim your allegiance. It means that you used to be a slave of sin and desire of a sin and under control of sin. Now you have believed in Jesus. You have been set free and there is no more. Now you become someone who is free. And the book of Romans said, you offer yourself to do what is right according to the words of the Lord. When we believe in Jesus, Jesus said this, so if the Son set you free, you will be free indeed. Everybody said, I'm free. Okay, one more time. Everybody said, I'm free. Yes, you are free. Because Jesus has set you free. As believers, we have repented from our sin. As believers, we have been forgiven. As believers, we have been set free by Jesus. We are no longer slave to sin. We are no longer in the bondage of the devil, desire. We don't have to follow the demands of the world. We don't have to follow the demands of our desire. We don't have to follow the demands of sin and the devils. Because we have been set free. Because we have the right to inherit the kingdom of God. Our life on this earth is temporary. We are only here for a while. We are on our way to eternal heaven. Our salvation in Christ is certain, but the Bible also tells us it is very important how we live our life. In Romans chapter 6, verse 18, you have been set free from sin, have become slave 
to righteousness. Instead of slave to sin, now you are slave to righteousness. It means to do what is right and what is good according to God's purpose. People who are meek are people who are able to control their freedom not to indulge in sinful desire or worldly desire, but as the instruments of righteousness and to do the will of God. So that's being meek. That you have all the freedom, you have been set free, but you put it under control to do what is right, what is good according to God. Number two, quickly. What does Jesus mean when he said the meek will inherit the earth? Number two, people who are meek are people who put their power, their strength, their authority, their resources, their opportunity, their gifts, their talents under control and to use them for God's purpose. You might have heard the terms self-control. A meek person is someone who can control himself and everything that he has for the purpose of God. In the, in the opposite, people who do not have, people who are not meek, they are not able to control themselves. They do not have self-control. If you look at these pictures that I uh, use as illustration, this big horse is loving to this little girl. This little girl is able to control this big horse even though she is small and much weaker than the horse. A mighty horse, a strong horse, a fast horse is no use to its owners if it is not under control. It cannot be tamed. If the horse cannot be controlled, not only is it not useful, it will endanger the person that riding it. It's likewise it's the same. A Christian has been set free. We have opportunity, we have the strength, we have the talents, we have the ability to do all kinds of things and many things in our lives, to accomplish so many things. But it will not be useful for God and for the kingdom and the purpose of God. It's not under the control of the kingdom and the righteousness of God. This is what's important about being, to have self-control. Proverbs 16, verse 32. Would you mind to read it with me? I know it's not so exciting. It's, not, it's very cold. But uh, would you read it with me in a New Living Translation? Proverbs 16, 32. Through 3, go. Better to be patient than powerful. Better to have self-control than to conquer a city. Proverbs 25, 28. Through 3, go. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. If you look at these two verses, it shows us how important it is to have self-control. That's what it means, meek. You control your power, your strength, your desire, your opportunity, your resources. Oftentimes people think, if I have more, then I will be happier. If I have more, then I will do the right thing. If I have more, then I will be more joyful. You have more money, more opportunity, better this and better that. But in fact, in reality, it's not always true. Let me just give you an example. Statistics show that 70% of lottery winners end up broke and a third go on to declare bankruptcy. 
people who used to be probably poor and then suddenly become so rich because they, they win uh, a lottery and have so much money. But yet, they are not the happiest people. They, they do not become happier. Probably for a moment, yes. But at the end of the day, 70% of them become broke and bankrupt. So, it's not about having more. It's about how you use your resources, how you manage it. One of the examples in the Bible, people who able to control their strength, their power, their resources, their authority, their opportunity is David. If you remember, David managed to control his strength and power by not killing King Saul, who tried to kill him. At that time, David was at the wilderness. He had escaped from the pursuit of the king uh, Saul, who was trying to kill him. The Bible reports that David was so afraid that he had to hide in the wilderness. But in 1 Samuel 24, it records the story of King Saul with his 3,000 chosen warriors. They went out to get David. But this is what the record of the Bible. You just listen to this. I'll just read it to you. 1 Samuel chapter 24. Saul, King Saul, came to the sheep pens along the way. A cave was there. And Saul went, into re- went in to relieve himself. He wanted to do his business. David and his men were far back in the cave. And the man said, This is the day of the Lord spoke when he said, uh, of when he said to you, I I will give you your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. And David cut off a corner of Saul's robe. David did not take the opportunity to to king Saul even though he was able to. But he respected God. He waited for the timing of God. He respected someone who was anointed by God even though Saul was rightly can be killed and should be killed. But David was able to control his power, his strength, his opportunity. He did the right thing. But unfortunately, David failed to control his freedom. If you remember when one time when David has become king, His success gave him so much freedom. The Bible records that at the turn of the year when kings usually go to war, David ordered generals and his soldiers out to fight, but he himself remained in Jerusalem in his castle. The Bible records that one day David saw a beautiful woman bathing. Well, you know, those time probably people don't have this... uh, uh, um, place where they can shower properly and cover properly. So King David probably on his uh, castle and looked down and someone and there was a lady who was taking a shower. And the Bible said the woman was very beautiful. After asking around who is that woman, and then he found out that woman was a wife of one of his shoulders who, who went out war 
for him, for the king, king David, for his people. But he did not mind. He lost control. He lost his, his control over his freedom. He slept with this woman and the woman became pregnant. And David tried to cover it up. He tried to deceive Uriah or Uriah, how you, you pronounce And even letting Uriah to be killed by his enemy. David's mistakes and his sin had very frightening consequences for him, his family, and his destiny on this earth. Therefore, it's very important for each and every one of us to control the strength, the power, the opportunity, the ability, the resources, the talent that God has entrusted to us. Otherwise, we will miss the destiny that God has planned for us on the earth. But if you look at another example, Jesus was different. Jesus was able to control his freedom. Jesus was able to control his strength, his power. When he was tempted by the devil, every time when he was tempted, Jesus said that it is written. He committed himself to the words of God. He submitted himself to the righteousness of God. It is written. It is written. It is written. It is the desires and the purpose of Jesus to always do the words of God. When he, he was about to be arrested, Peter pulled out his sword and cut off one of the, the ear of one of the servants there. And Jesus put it back, put it back. Don't you think that I can call the Father and ask the Father to send the angels, legions of angels to protect me, to, to defend me? If I do that, then what is written about me that what I should do, that I will be arrested, that I will be crucified and die for the sins of the world, then what's going to happen with that purpose and the plan of God? Jesus said, I will not call the angels to come to defend me because I want to do the will of God. Jesus has the power to call the angels of God to defend him. But he did not because he submitted his freedom and his power for the purpose and the righteousness of God. We should do likewise. A happy person, a blessed person, is someone who is able to control his freedom, his power, his strength, under the truth of the words of God, with the attitude that always want to do the wills of God. If you cannot control yourself, you don't have self-control, you, you don't exercise self-control, then you will be like a city with broken down walls that the enemies as easily to come, attack, and hurt you. The last one, what does Jesus mean by being meek? Meek but not weak. It is to put our pride under restraint. It is the desire, the decisions of our heart to live for God's pleasures. To have the spirit of servanthood. Always willing to serve. Always willing to minister. Always willing to bring the glory and pleasures to God. As people who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, not only have we received God's freedom and blessings and gifts, we are also referred to as a people that have been chosen by God. 
we are referred to as a royal priesthood. We are referred to as a holy nation, God's special possessions. And the song that we just sang, we are the friend of God. The Bible said, when we are become a Christian, when we believe in Jesus, not only that we are friend of God, we are the children of God. I know we are not, you're, you're, you're not so you know, happy about it, but it's a reality. Reality that you are the child of God, you are the friend of God, the most high God, the, most, the, the king of kings and lord of lords. As believers, we have been adopted as the children of the most high God. Because when we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, the Bible said that we have the right to become the children of God. However, the Bible also refers us to as the servants of the most high God. In the book of Luke chapter 17, this is what Jesus said to his disciples. So you also, when you have done everything that you were told to do, you should say, we are unworthy servants. We, only, we have only done our duty. We have done what we, have sh we, have should, we should done. We just do what we should do. And we have just accomplished what God wants us to accomplish. But unfortunately, many people cannot control their pride. In other words, many people have believed in Jesus, but still continue to live prideful, arrogant, easily get offended. And many, many people call themselves servants of God, but only want to be treated like kings and easily offended when people do not treat them the way they want people to treat them. They do not like to serve, but, pre but prefer to be served by others. There was a story that I heard recently about a child who is easily angry, who is easily offended by others, easily emotional when he feels underappreciated, undervalued, and uh, disrespected, ignored by others, and so on. So one day his father told him, Son, I want you to learn to to control yourself. I don't want you to just become angry at any moment that you feel agitated. So I want you to nail, hammer a nail to the fan the, on the back of a house. Every time you get angry, every time you cannot control yourself, put a nail, nail on, uh, hammer a nail on, on, the, on the fan. And for the very first day, there were 30 nails. He nailed 30 of them on the fan. And after a while, the child thought to himself, I think it's easier, more convenient to control my emotion, not to get angry, instead of having all this trouble, have to go to the backyard and get a hammer, have to you know, hammer the, the nail into the wall, into the fan. So he started control himself. And after a while, he was able to do that. He came to his father, Dad, 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 I've done it, I've done it. Today, there was no nail that I have to nail to the fan. His father said, good job, son. 
Now I want you to do the second thing. Every time that you are able to control yourself, I want you to go back to the back of a house and pull the nail out from the fan. And he did. He was able to control himself all, you know, um, all the time when people offended him, when people said bad things, when he was under, under uh, uh, a failure, when he was not appreciated. He went back to the, 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 the beggar house and he pulled out the nail. And after a while, he was able to pull all the nails from the fence. He came to his father, dad, 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 I did it. I pulled all the nails from the fence. There's no more nails there. His father took his hand and bring him to the back of the house. And right there in front of them, there was this fence full of holes because of what the nails had done to the fence. That's what happened to us. When we let ourselves to explode, let our emotional run wild, and we get agitated and get angry and offended every time we're undervalued, every time when people do not do what we want, every time when people do not treat the way what we want, we want, we want them to, to be treated, uh, want us to be, uh, uh, for them to treat us, and we feel that we are the children of God, they should have treated us better. We are the chosen people, they should treat us better. Hey, how come you do not do the way that I expect you to do? And we become so angry and we explode. Probably it's our spouse, probably our children, probably our, our parents, probably our friends. We might be able to pull the nails out, but the consequences that what has been done because of our emotional explode, it will not easily recover. That's what happened with the consequences of out of control. That's why it is so important for us to control ourselves, to control our pride. When people step on us, when people do not treat us the way we should be treated. In another word, we need to learn to be humble. James 4, verse 6, God opposes the proud, but show favor to the humble. When we humble ourselves, do not retaliate the way that people treat us. The Bible said that God will show us His favor. Ephesians 5.21 Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. You learn to submit your pride. You learn to control your pride. Do not to get angry easily out of reverence, respect to Christ. Let me close. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And the best, best example for us to follow is Jesus himself. This is what Jesus said. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You'll become happy. You'll be blessed in another sense. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. It's not like Jesus take a yoke and put it on you. It's not, right? But this is something that Jesus has the yoke. He is the mature one. He is the learned one. He the one has wisdom. He said, come, then you can carry my yoke with me. Right? For I am, he said, learn from me. 
For I'm gentle, or in other translation, I'm meek and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Why his yoke is easy and his burden is light? Because the yoke mostly is carried by Jesus. Jesus is not only an idea. Jesus is not only principle. Jesus is not about teaching. Jesus is a person. That's why I have this confidence. As long as you and me have a personal relationship with God, we will be able to become someone who is meek, who is humble, who is able to control our freedom, our strength, our power, and our pride. Because Jesus is the one who is going to show us how to become someone who is meek. When we become meek in the eyes of God, we will inherit the earth. Everything that God has purposed and planned for us on this earth will become ours, our right, our usage, and we can bring glory to the name of the Lord. Let's stand up together as we close. Father, we thank you for today. We pray that you will bless the words of the Lord and help us not only to be the listeners of the word, but to be the doers of the words of God. Today we thank you that you have forgiven us of our sins. You have given us the right as the children of God. We thank you that we are the chosen people. We thank you that we are friends of God. We thank you for all the freedom that you have given to us. You have set us free from sin. We thank you for every opportunity, talents, gift, resources, ability, the strength and the power. And we thank you, Lord God, for the privilege that we have in you as your children. But help us today to become meek. For blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Let everything that you have purpose and plan for us on this earth will become a reality in our lives. So help us to become meek, to put our freedom under control, to put our strength under control, and to put our pride under restraint. Bless you people, Lord, today. Let the word of God continue to grow in their hearts. To pursue the things of the Lord in their lives. Let your promises be fulfilled in their lives. Open up the gates of heaven and bless them abundantly in every area of their life. Bless them in their studies. Bless them, Lord, in their families. Bless them in their work. Bless them in their businesses, in the ministry. Bless them while in the holiday. Father, we pray to open up the gates of heaven and bless them spiritually, financially, in every areas of their life. Protect them, Lord God. Keep them safe. Help them to grow closer. 
become someone who is meek in the eyes of God. Will you please lift up both your hands and receive the blessings of the Lord? May the blessings of our Heavenly Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the anointing and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you from now on and forevermore in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Have a great Sunday. Have a great week ahead. God bless you. Hope to see you next Sunday.